You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. You guys doing well today? Yes. Yes. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done this, but obviously it's just been a week. week. Why is that? Why is it? Why does it feel like it's been a long time? It does feel like a long time. I don't know. That's weird. Has a lot happened? No. Not really. I mean, just, (laughs) yeah, I was thinking, like, what's happened this week? No, not really, not much. Yeah. Anything new this week? I can't. You caught me off guard. I, I don't know. All right. I'm designing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so. <laughs> I'm designing some T-shirts for uh, one of our friends who is also one of our supporters of supporting churches. So New that's Covenant been fun. Christian Church. Shout out. We love the Carmody's. Well, great we love people. All the church. But well, we the whole love church. Love yeah. The Carmody's as well. I don't know the whole church. They are but part I know of the Carmody's. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Same old. Same old. Um, Got the kids tournament, which takes up Saturday now. Yeah, so tell, so. say, talk a little bit about the kids tournament, because like, did you even know that they're no, having, I didn't so yeah, know. like, yeah. So the uh, we got the the football school that the foundation run. Um, we get a lot of kids come there now, obviously, because there's no schools and whatnot. So parents just drop their kids off and uh, get high numbers that come. Um, so they've set up a league uh, for different age groups, which play on Saturdays now, so they can play each other. So we've entered that. We've got five different teams across the different age categories, um, and they play on Saturdays, indoor football, five-a-side, um, half-an-hour-long games and things. But uh, it's good. It's going well. Um, it's difficult for us. We're up against like proper academies yeah, in yeah. Trinidad, which is, provides its difficulties, but it's good for the kids because they're playing against you know proper players mm-hmm. who train every day, who have like four coaches for 10 kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there are clear differences, um, but I mean, our kids, they go, they enjoy it, they give it everything they have, yeah. you know, and they come off smiling and they go home happy and they're, you know, they, we always say, well, if we go again next week, even if we lose 9-0, like, go yeah. again next week, we go again next week, but it is difficult, like, there are times, uh, like, so one of the teams that play there, um, they're called Grand, Grand Motix, uh, they're, you know, the, the motorbike retail place, which is M-O-X-O. Oh, Mojo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they sponsor one of the academies that oh, go there. So, I didn't know that. so they've got like sponsored kits. So they all come out with their fresh sponsored kit with their yeah. names on the back. So they're all wearing fancy football shoes. Yeah, yeah. Our kids turn up in flip flops. Yeah, 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 <laughs> we're yeah. like, have you got any shoes? And he's like, like oh yeah. Can you take me home? And I'll, yeah. I just get my shoes. I can't play barefoot. <laughs> like I thought that was the play. Yeah. So like we're we're up against it in terms of that, and you know. Like a lot of their parents will come for our older kids and no parents come for our older yeah. kids. Yeah. For the younger ones, the parents would drop them off and stuff. But yeah, for the older ones, none of our, no, no parents for our older ones come. Yeah. Whereas for the other teams, all their parents, even the parents have matching kits. I've never seen parents with matching kits on the sidelines. It's lines. a big thing here Imagine. in Bolivia. Yeah. People mm-hmm. want to match. They invite me yeah. like to women tees and they're like, we're all going to wear yellow shirts. I'm like, I yeah, don't have shows up in black. <laughs> <laughs> Black nails, black makeup, and, just and the golf lady. And they already know, so they'll have like this yellow scarf ready to tie around my neck yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, here, let me fix you. got something in here. They can put a bow in there. <laughs> oh, got her. <laughs> That's, it is a strange cultural yeah. thing here. That's so, so, yeah, so it's been good. I mean, it is, it's difficult in that sense because you do feel, okay, we're, we're disadvantaged here, like mm-hmm. majorly in terms of what we have and what, you know, what we can offer. Um, 
but the kids enjoy it and it's how you learn you learn by playing with better players and you, yeah. you watch them you see what they do and you go okay that's how you win um, because they do play great football these other mm-hmm. teams do play really really good football where they pass the ball they move around they work hard um, so even just the kids watching them play they'll learn something from that as well yeah, yeah. so it's worthwhile doing do you feel like uh, so far it's been motivational to I say our kids because they're in our neighborhood mm-hmm. but um, not because I'm a coach <laughs> but do you feel that it's motivational to our kids to to be like okay first of all take training more seriously mm. um but equally like this is the real world of football it's not the, like yeah i mean it's the same thing goofing around mm. like what you know like and kind of exposes them to a different world that's not just hanging out with your friends or whatever. do you feel like that's motivational in that sense yeah i think so i mean the difficulty we have is i think 50% of the kids that come, maybe even 60% of the kids that come t- to the football training, they, they, don't, they don't take it seriously. They don't want to take it seriously. Yeah. They're there because they've got nothing else to do and they just want to have a kick around with their friends. They just want to run around, especially the younger kids, like the six, seven, eight-year-olds. You know, it, their parents are really, really into it on the Saturdays. And, you know, I have to bite my tongue being like, hey, just so you know, your kid who comes to training, he just spends the whole time building sandcastles. You know, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't play football on the train. He doesn't, he's not that interested. Um, yeah. And it's like the parents are shouting at him from the sideline, yeah. run here, run there, do this, do that. And it's like, he, he just wants to have fun. Like, that's, that's, yeah. what, it's, that's, that's what he's there it's for. It's really interesting to me how parents here drop their kids off at such a young age to mm. these different programs. Like, I, I couldn't imagine leaving my six, seven-year-old somewhere without me being present like I would I would stay you know I don't know maybe that's just me being a an overwhelming mom <laughs> well I mean I think it's your kids your responsibility too because like for some people it's like who'd you drop your kid off with oh the blonde guy over there like you know like it's just yeah like it's a, him but like in, in a sense there's a good thing I mean it's not good unfortunately because the world is changing but there still exists this like innocence where you can trust people you know what I mean like oh yeah yeah like people assume, especially when it comes to kids here in Trinidad specifically, people yeah. assume the best. Like, oh, like there's not even a question. Like, no one's. Some people, at least, aren't thinking about like, oh, well, who? Is, you know what I mean? Like, they're not thinking that people do bad stuff to kids, yeah. or that they'll be abusive, or you know, ne- uh, negligent, or there's just not something that. And for some people, it's probably negligence on their part, as you know, parental negligence, if that's a thing, whatever. But then on other people, I think it's just innocence or maybe the bliss of ignorance as well like i don't know but it's just complex when there's no education it's all Mm. you know what i mean like lack of it not no education but like lack of education about stuff like that it goes so are there talks about maybe getting sponsors or are they not serious enough to to convince people to sponsor yeah i think financially is the biggest thing that would stop it i think sans keen i mean we have matching kits but we just get the cheapest kits that we can find or sam can find in the market so they'll be wearing like the colombian national kit or something like oh, that oh yeah um, so they're <laughs> just wearing that um, yeah. or there's one of one of them wears the usa kit as well oh uh, yeah um, yeah so it's just yeah the cheapest kits that we can find in the market we have there and the um, other ones are custom yeah the other custom. ones are custom but that's because like the, the kids pay to go to those academies as well right. yeah, so, so the parents pay mm-hmm. um you know so they get I mean, it's a proper academy. It's a proper sports academy. Okay. We're just a free school yeah. things that offers them something yeah, to do for three hours. For underprivileged free, kids Wednesday, and stuff Friday. like, you yeah, know, yeah. so you're going to deal with yeah. that. And when there's no investment, there's no investment. No. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so it's like, it's tougher. Have, I'm going to assume you've never seen this movie, but I'm going to ask you anyway because you've been surprising me lately mm. about the things that you have seen. Didn't know who Kirk Franklin was, by the way. Don't forget that. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> have you seen the movie uh, The Bad News Bears? No. Okay, I figured you would not have. But so we'll take it about 30 years into the future, which is still old for you, though. Have you seen the movie Hardball? No. Is it Keanu Reeves? Yeah. I, I know it doesn't sound appealing. Automatically, <laughs> it sounds terrible, but it's a great movie. And Hardball, it's, it's a baseball movie. And it, I mean, I'm not going to tell you everything because I think you really like it. It's, a, it's very relevant to um, what, you know, you guys with football, like just what you deal with. It's not, you know, different sports or whatever, but what you deal with and stuff and what you see. And I just remember that because we had a conversation the other day about some stuff that was happening in that football, like in one of the homes of some of the kids and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that realization that you had of like, this is what's going on there. Is just, and you were saying this is beyond football. Like, uh, there's there's some parts in the movie when he has this realizations of, like, the reality of what they're going... Like, you'll like the movie. Matter of fact, I want to watch it again because it's, it, it's a fun movie. Little kids are bad. Like, they're all cussing and stuff. And, like, <laughs> see, you know, so that's what you get first. And then you kind of see, like, things that are yeah, behind yeah. them. And they live in, like, violence and stuff. So, I mean, here, thank, thankfully, there's not a ton of uh, neighborhood violence, if that makes... Like, in the homes, the, there, is, there is violence, unfortunately. Um so I'm not saying that's okay, but there's not a risk of you leaving your house and you're getting shot by a stray bullet here. That's no. just not, yeah, that's not a normal thing. Or, um, you know, you're not going to get stabbed or whatever, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Here, you may accidentally get hit by a motorcycle because you weren't looking, or you may get bit by some animal that you were messing with when you shouldn't have been messing with. But, like, you know, other than that. So, but the, the situations and the, um, the consequence, not the consequences, the reason, like whatever the effects that it has in the kids' lives is very. It's, I mean, that movie speaks directly to that, mm. and with all the CCDA stuff and so we've been talking about, it's really good. So anyway, you should check it out if possible. Um, yeah, Keanu Reeves, Keanu, Ke- I can't even say his Keanu. name. Keanu, Ke- yeah, it is Keanu, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I always say Keanu because I like to call say his name wrong. Like people call <laughs> me Ramon, so I can say Keanu. No, Keanu Reeves is not my favorite actor. Huh? Whoa. Whoa. Like, same thing every movie, you know. But uh, it, this is a good movie overall. So, anyways, I said all that because it made me think about it. Bad News Bears is an older version, a little more comical. Um, there was a newer Bad News Bears, too, huh? Anyways, uh, and, like, it's these bad kids that play on a um, baseball team, and they're trying to, like, get them together or whatever. So, anyways. So, yeah. Anyways, so that's really cool. You guys are. Have you guys won any games? Uh, our middle group won on Saturday. For the first time, oh, other yeah. than that, we know. Were they were they pretty hyped up though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did well. They did well. See, and like as as weeks go on, more teams like join the league and things. Mm, so yeah, imagine that. there'll be a few more like projects and stuff. Like there's now teams from Manor who are joining as well. Um, so I think the standard will come down a little bit, which yeah. will give our kids more of a chance. Because when they go up against the like the actual Trinidad yeah. academies, <laughs> they're really disadvantaged. Yeah, um, in what they can do. But so you know, uh, you know. They're smiling and happy for the moment. I don't know how long that lasts. I don't yeah. know how after six weeks of getting beat every single Saturday, yeah. how positive they're going to keep going. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, they, you know, they do keep going. So I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be a learning experience one way, one way or the other for them, you know. So interesting. Fun stuff, though. Um, when does it end? That's what I was going to ask you a second ago, and I forgot. Um, it's impossible to know because obviously teams keep joining. Oh yeah, so that so, extends yeah, it. Yeah, every, so it okay. just pushes it on. But Sam thinks it'll be some by the end of November. It'll be done. Oh yeah, so because month, yeah, so. they're not going to go into summer no, no, break no. or whatever. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. All right, so graphic design for you, football for you. That's it. Yeah. Ah, uh, church. 
I mean, obviously, we said we went back to church last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it went well the first week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, it went well too. Worship, we had some. We had a little more challenges in worship, but we, just more moving parts. The first week, we had four, three people playing yeah. instruments, and then Melinda singing. And then this week, there's like five. So you know, just mm-hmm. different stuff. People coming back slowly. So more moving parts, more chances to to mess up. Um, I felt the sermon went well. We're going through, um, hopefully, what's a transitional phase in our church. Well, we did, I guess we're all, we always should be in a transitional phase in some to some extent. But uh, what is the word like? Make like making maybe making a breakthrough, hopefully, in the area of just community living and stuff like that. So I felt it went went really well. Mm. I, w- I was telling you guys before, like I just was not sure about the message. Like one of my friends would text me. It was like, hey, praying for you this morning. I was like, man, I need it. And he's like, what's going on? We were going back and forth. And I was like, yeah, I just don't feel like, I don't see how point A connects to point B. And I don't know, like I prepared, like, you know, I mean, you know, I prepare. Mm. So like, I, you know, I did that and I was like, but I prepare my stuff in sections and then I put it all together on like Thursday. And so then it's like, oh yeah, because it all made sense. But then for whatever reason, it wasn't connected. So I was like nervous and stressed about it. But then, you know, when you get up there, you add so much stuff and you say so much stuff that's not on your notes and that it comes together. And like, so somebody came to me last night, we went out to the football game and uh, Carla was actually, she was talking about it and how she um, had a get together actually Sunday night for different women and said, we talked about everything. We talked about serious stuff. We talked about funny stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, it's like that's what it is, though. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not just... Like, cause that's the thing is like we, in our church, we do not lack having a good time together, Yeah. but it's like Jesus being a part of those times is like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> at what point you guys gonna, you know, talk about me or grow one another, you know, or help one another grow where there's no confession or even praying for one another. Mm-hmm. Those are areas that lacked. Um, and so it was like, oh yeah, we'll have a cookout. This is community. Well, you know, you guys play football. This is community. And that's obviously, I mean, you guys know, but they don't know. So we talked about on Sunday is like that's not community. Those things can be included in community, but that's not community. Community is supernatural. It's a place where supernatural transformation has taken place in terms of people getting along when they have no reason to get along. I mean, just making a long story short, people loving each other where people used to hate each other. And so we don't have these little uh, I talk to her, but I don't talk to him. Hi. Hi, Simon. So Melinda, like we don't we don't do that. And so it goes deeper than that. So anyways, we just talked about uh the the well-roundedness of like me and Carla were talking about the well-roundedness of that to go deeper in our in our relationships and stuff and and to have like spiritual talks as well and so you know we just kind of challenged um our church about that and it was funny because after Sunday like everybody like we had this weird thing and I don't know when it started before we got here for sure but like as soon as church was over we have these plastic seats like they do in 99 percent of Bolivia um in church because other chairs are so expensive. Anyways, people grabbed their seats immediately as soon as the last amen and they would stack the chairs in the back. And we said for a long time, you know, talking about Rudy and stuff like this sends a bad message. Like, even though everybody's grabbing their own chair, it feels like a community thing. We're all doing it. But equally, it takes away from what we're really supposed to be doing. You know, it marries us versus Martha's us or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, so like, uh, and if you're new, your first time, you're... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> like everybody's moving their chairs and every single time, cause I'm up front, I would always look like right there and see like the new person, like looking, like we talk about when you don't know what to do, you look at everybody else. Oh, yeah. so they grab their chair. So you're first time to church and you have to put chairs away. And at some point 
I guess in our church, it was considered a beautiful thing, but it's not very beautiful to me. And so we're like, hey, we can put the chairs away on Monday. Like, mm-hmm. let's just leave the chairs out and people. And so that uh, people, so people are more free to talk to each other. And you don't feel rushed because you feel like, oh, they're cleaning up already. Yeah. We better get out yeah, of here. You know, and so you don't feel rushed. And then hopefully, because we've been talking about community and the importance of going deeper in our relationships and not just fun stuff and uh, like forgetting and neglecting the deep stuff, you know, that people were more engaged. And some people more, t- like one lady, I mean, and we went to lunch on Sunday. She was talking your ear off. Yeah, and, yeah. like, she doesn't, hadn't, she hadn't talked much. Like, I've never seen her speak to you, I don't think. No. I'm sure she said something. But, like, I've never seen her speak to you. But Sunday at lunch, she said next to Simon, every time I turn around, she's like, <laughs> like, asking us, like, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I don't care what spurred it, but hopefully this goes, it's going in that direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of, of like, uh, authenticity and stuff. And so. And just getting over that fake thing of thinking that just because we're together, that we're together. And like, because that, like, that was one of the points. It's like, yo, just because we come, like we come to church and we have a good time seeing each other, but oftentimes we leave with the same burdens we came in with. Yeah. So you go and you have some family issues before you go into service and you're like, all right, let me get it together and focus on Jesus. Right thing, right thing to do. But you get in, you have fun with your Christians and whatever, and then your Christian friends and your Christian family, whatever. And then as soon as you walk out, you get in the car, you're like, now I got to go back and deal with this. Yeah. So it was just like, it provided you a temporary escape. Just like a pause to the, your real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not like, it's a fantasy thing. And that's like, and it's, it seems good, but it's, that's damaging in the long run. Like mm-hmm. it's not a temporal escape. This is something we live in consistently and constantly. Right. And then we don't just run to this when we have an issue, we live in this mm-hmm. so that when we have an issue, it's automatically confronted together and stuff. And so like, just kind of trying to change that thing. So anyways, that's, um, what my life has been <laughs> not consumed by because it makes it like I'm complaining. I'm not complaining about it, but that's what my life's been about the past two weeks. When um, um, Carla invited me to her house, it was to celebrate Day of the Women or what, however you would say it. Woman, Woman's Day. Wo- Women's women, Day. Women's Day or woman, the Day of the know. Woman. Whatever. Yeah. Something, <laughs> Something it, like celebrate that. Celebrate women. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, she said as soon as we sat down to you know start eating, she's like, you know, well, the real reason I invited you all over is because I need to start putting into practice what I learned at church about community. <laughs> so she she took a, a little self uh, picture of all of us and said, now I'm going to post it and say, practicing community. Yeah. <laughs> she's goofy. Yeah. No, good, but hopefully we can continue that that trend of not just playing cards together. Yeah. But like, because it's, it's, at that point, it's useless. Like, why well, come to church? Oh, because we, we have community. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, we eat pizza sometimes. We just, you know, we just hang out. Well, I hang out with my other friends. What do I need to, so you want me to completely stop hanging out with my old friends and come and meet some new people so I can do the same thing here that I was doing there? Yeah. Well, there has to be something that sets this community apart and it's freedom and it's the love and it's forgiveness and it's growth and, you know, it's all these things. That's what it's supposed to be. But when it's not, you know, we get lazy and we start convincing ourselves that these other little tit for tat things that we do are community and they're not, you know. So that's where we are as a church and we're going to keep going there. We have elections coming up next week. We may not get to the topic today, guys. These are all topics. But <laughs> I this totally is, forgot we were but recording. This is, oh, good. That's how it's supposed to be. But this is podcast stuff. Like This is how we used to do it anyway. So We have elections coming up um, Sunday. Elections here on Sundays. Um, obviously, you can't have any type of get-together uh, gatherings. You cannot drive on election day. Still don't have that You've one quite figured out. that one. 
I think you know what I think it's about. I think it's about fraud. Yeah, that's what I heard. I think it's about stopping people from like cheat because it's such a like. Yeah. Pe- like, uh, let me say this first. I'm not pro socialism by any means, but people, Americans specifically, like socialism doesn't work. Uh, yeah, in some aspects, social. Look what it did to Venezuela. Socialism didn't ruin Venezuela. Corruption ruined Venezuela. And what so- socialism does is puts the country in a position because it's so dependent on its government to give people access to, to, to be able to, 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 you know, corrupt things and stuff like that. Social, socialism in and of itself, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the idea, but it doesn't necessarily ruin places and turn them into Venezuela. Like, it's the corruption that does that. And so it's like, you know, here you see the, the fingerprints of years and years of corruption of, you know, corrupt government officials and stuff. Even though we are a socialist country, people aren't cheating in elections. Elections. Good grief. Can we go back to like, we fast forward to Friday. Um, people don't cheat in elections because it's a socialist country. People cheat in elections because they're corrupt. Yeah. And, you know, the, so instead of confronting corruption, you make all these little like, like, what are they called? Safe things to, oh, we, we, we don't drive on election day there. Oh, well, we won't be, you know, it's like all this other stuff instead of just confronting the issue or whatever. But, but it, yeah, anyway, so that's, we can't drive. We have to walk to our, our local precinct, which is not very far. It's in our neighborhood. It's the school in our neighborhood, the terrible school down mm-hmm. the road that uh, you guys went to to do school stuff. Um, it's divided this year because of the pandemic. So I think I vote in the morning and I think Melinda votes in the evening, right? Yes. Or afternoon or whatever. So I think it, it's based on your ID number. Mm. And so my mine is in the morning. Rudy's in the morning. Ruth's is in the morning. Um, and then I think hers and Miguel's and they're all in the afternoon. So we have that coming up. Um, just be praying for us and that uh, pray for this, not for us as individuals, but I mean us as a community in the country is what I mean. Um, there's a lot of stake. It's, and I don't want to be like cheeky, I guess is the word or whatever, like, but there's more at stake in this election than the next president is going to make you wear masks for longer time or not. You know what I mean? This is so much bigger than the economy and stuff like that. Like, this is people stuff. Oh, people can't live without economy? Yeah, they can. <laughs> they, they did it way before all these civilizations and stuff. Doesn't mean it's not necessary, but like, we don't, that's not one of our, that's not neither here or there at this moment. There's a, a, a lot more at stake. So, um, yeah, I don't even want to get into all that. It's just a whole nother thing. But anyways, it's, it, there's a potential for a mess. And honestly, I think regardless of who wins, somebody's going to like, yeah. it, it's going to turn into something. Blockades, you know, the usual stuff. You guys know. Yes. Yeah, I got a message from the U.S. consulate mm-hmm. saying to make sure that we, um, during this time, just like uh, stock up on food and water, gas, you know, the necessities um, because there's most likely going to be blockades and, and, and we get hit really hard. We don't get mm. fruits and vegetables. We don't get gas. We don't get chicken. We don't get milk here in mm-hmm. Trinidad because we rely so much on, on uh, other, other cities. cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so yeah, we got to keep that in mind. Good thing I don't drink milk. Uh, one last thing. Milk. Milk. Like Julie says, milk. Within, do you say, milk. how do you say milk? Milk. Like the right way. With a strong K or like a... Oh, of course milk. a strong K. You both say milk. You do it with a silent K. <laughs> milk. 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 I mean, but Jolie says milk. She's one of those people. She also says oatmeal. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Dad, I was making some oatmeal, and I said, wait, wait, what'd you say? 
Uh, I was in the kitchen. I said, no, no, no. You're making what? Oatmeal. Like, she does her hand like that. Like, what? I said, no, no. See, there's no such thing as oatmeal. So you were not making oatmeal. That's not. What are we talking about? <laughs> anyway. Life. Yeah, life. Anyways. Um, yeah. So it, it's going to be a rough time. And it, honestly, there's a potential for uh, maybe low-level civil war. Um, the opposition, all right, what, what are we talking about? I don't know what the opposition, the socialism supporters, movements of socialism supporters um, have essentially said that if they lose, they're going to throw a fit. The government has basically said that if you throw a fit, we'll throw a fit. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, and there's some different like obscure, like kind of off the grid places that that's where they block because that because that's where the you know that's where the the highway mm-hmm. goes through and so they block because you know it's in the kind of in the middle of nowhere and so they have kind of the advantage and they put all these rocks in the road and the government has made it very clear that they're not they're not playing that this time around so we'll see we'll see um I don't know we just need prayer mm-hmm. there's a lot and we can't get uh like you know to get like gas now gasoline and diesel now for whatever reason there's been some type of shortage already for the past month and so you've seen when you go out that yeah, the, line yeah, the line is lines. way i mean yeah. like to get the usually it's just gasoline and i'm be honest i'm selfish because our car runs on diesel so i'm like ah it's i feel terrible somewhat because like i'm driving past literally 50 60 cars sometimes depending on which one i go to and drive straight up to the diesel pump and everybody's looking at me they've been waiting all night and stuff to get <laughs> you know but now it's both and so that's even before election so we can't even like i mean you literally have to spend a whole day out there just mm-hmm. to get what you need or whatever. So I guess this week I need to run out and get some food and stuff and kind of stock our freezer again. um, Yeah, it is what it is. Here we are. Yeah. Get again. Go buy a gazillion pounds of chicken wings. Everybody. Chicken uh, also is, has gone up is, I don't know if there's a shortage, a shortage. So they increase the price or what's going on, but it is about five Bolivianos more expensive. 75 cents more. How much is it right now? It's at uh, 16. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I got to drive around to some price shopping <laughs> today. Because it's usually like 11 or 12. 12. Yeah. Yeah. 11 yeah. or 12. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll figure that out later. All right. So, anyways, we could talk about this a little bit. <laughs> um, what we wanted to originally talk about today is uh, the line between praying and asking God and just doing. So, I guess the idea is um, where's the line there? Like, in some circumstances, some situations, I don't know what I'm trying to say, you, we pray about something. And then the automatic response, we pray about everything. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, okay, and what things should we just do and what things should we pray? Yeah, we should pray about everything. But there is a line there mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, if somebody's drinking coffee this morning, did they pray about buying that? No, guarantee you. Guaranteed. And so if somebody stopped at McDonald's or Burger King or, you know, I don't know, whatever, to get breakfast, did they pray about that? No. And so I, where is the, where is the, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I got, I have some stuff to say on that, but anyway, anyway, like, do you find yourself like teetering, like with that sometimes, like, oh, some maybe, am, I guess the question is, am I waiting on God hmm. or is he waiting on me? You know what I mean? Mm. And like, because it's a legit question to ask yeah. yourself. You know what I mean? Sometimes because it's like waiting on God is a biblical idea, you know? And um, 
God's timing and, you know, David, you see him anointed as king. He doesn't run straight over and start like slashing people like mm-hmm. I'm heir to the throne. Like, he, you know, he waits on God's timing. But then equally, you see other people like they're anointed to do something and <laughs> off with it. You know, like they yeah. anoint Elisha to be the next prophet. He burns all his stuff like he's done. Like in the moment, <laughs> like in the moment, like he ain't no and he's not going back. Like, and I don't know, you know. I'm sure we're not told every single word in detail, but equally, like, I don't know. Like, he, I don't know. It could have been the same thing as David. Like, oh, oh, but that was 10 years from now. But you already burned everything. So, come on, let's get this training going. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> I doubt it, but, you know. Yeah, you think about, like, the um, the extreme things that even Esther did for the for the Jews, right? And it was the Jewish, right? She was Jewish, right, uh, Esther? Yeah. Um, and what? Israel, Israelite. And what? Um, it never, it never mentions that she, you know, asked the Lord, like, how, what role does she play for, you know, helping rescue her people? It doesn't mm-hmm. say should she go and disobey the king's orders and not go into, you know, his dinner because that was out of protocol or or disrespectful of her or rebellious of her you know she didn't ask god um these permissions i don't know if she did in her heart i don't i don't know but there there's something to be said about the the purpose of it all you know um but i don't know i don't know where that line is (laughs) rahab also you know didn't Mm -hmm. didn't pray if she should help the spies you know didn't didn't even think about it she just knew that this is what what needs to be done for a bigger purpose, yeah. And Nehemiah as well, rebuilding the walls of the temple and stuff. But Rahab is an interesting one. I mean, obviously she's of a different faith or whatever at the time, yeah. but even if she was, like, there are some things that you don't need to pray about. Like, um, but I, I guess we do it because we want to preserve something. There's something else there, you know what I mean? Like with, do I need, God, do you want me to help your people do it? You know what I mean? And it's hers is a big deal. Cause like they're about to like take this place over, and they're like basically like we'll preserve you if you sell out to your community. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like that's a tougher situation. But obviously, from our perspective, she made the right decision. But um, equally, it's not an easy one, you know. But like for us, like I remember when you know when the whole situation with Jolie came and we were gonna adopt Jolie, mm. and like we were like, well, let's pray about this and see what. And like. I feel like that's a fear mechanism sometimes. I mean, I'm not saying don't pray about that. Don't misunderstand me. But I feel like it's a fear mechanism sometimes that we use like a stall tactic to make things seem more spiritual when we're terrified to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that you were even considering prayer at that point because it was such a fast, quick moving I just didn't thing, know. I mean, I, know? I, I say I didn't know what to do. I don't know exactly what to do. I just didn't. This stuff doesn't happen to me, mm. and like I don't, I don't like this is. It wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't like. What I just didn't like. I, but you have a kid in your. You know what I mean. You had a kid in your stomach, so it's like, or not in your stomach technically. In your, anyways, <laughs> um, in your belly, I guess is the, ironically, the more proper thing to say. Um, like, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do, and I think again, I wasn't processing like. Well, let me, like, I just went to prayer, which is a good thing. But yeah. then, like, we should do that. And you're not wrong for praying about stuff, just for the record. But equally, like, I, like I, I think a lot of times with stuff, 
that we spend too much time praying about stuff that we already know we're supposed to be doing. I'll just say it like yeah. that. Like, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, there's a interesting uh, shout out another podcast on this podcast, the Bible Project podcast. Oh, absolutely. It's slightly bigger than our podcast. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a, just a little bit. <laughs> Let me check the stats. <laughs> I need to log Lovely in. Listeners. <laughs> What's my log? I don't even know my log. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they've been doing a series on uh, the anger of God. And they're saying the first time that the Bible talks about God getting angry, um, a lot of people would assume it would be like Noah and the flood or sometime in Genesis where he passed the judgment. But the Bible never mentions that God gets angry in the book of Genesis. The first time that God gets angry is with Moses, and it's at the burning bush. Mm. And it's after. God has to tell Moses to do something five times. That's the first time in the Bible that it says God gets angry. So it's this idea of, you know, God, God gets angry when we don't show faithfulness to him. When he tells us to do something and we say, oh, but what about this instead? And then he tells us again, no, no, I want you to do that. And we go, oh, what about this instead? Yeah. And he goes, no, no, I want you to do that. And he's slow to anger. The passage tells us that. Well, <clears throat> but so, yeah, after five times of this, Moses questioning God telling him to do something, that's when we first find out that, okay, that makes God angry. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because I think we all do that. Where, whether, I mean, it doesn't have to be a burning bush moment, but someone, I could have a feeling in my heart saying, uh, okay, God wants me to go to Germany. And I could be like, oh, God, I just need a sign. Well, mom could come up to me half an hour later and be like, hey, I've just, for some reason, I've got a feeling that God wants you to go to Germany. I'd be like, I'm just going to need another sign. <clears throat> yeah. You know, just to really just check that one. Yeah. And Melinda could come and tell me, hey, I think you should go to Germany. And I'd be like, Vermont, talk yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah, like, someone yeah. told her, maybe I need one more. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's like, it's that lack of faith that, you know, once, once God tells us to do something and, you know, we know it in our heart and we, yeah. it lines up with his word um, and, what, and it's good and it's what he wants us to do. It's that lack of faithfulness that the Bible talks about God getting angry. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's, go ahead. No, I was just that it, it actually makes sense because I have kids, and so like, <laughs> hey, clean your room. I'm not mad the first time, like, and then I go on to doing something else or saying like, do you want me to clean my room? Like that's we have a kid like that. <laughs> hey, I want you to clean your room. Do you want me to clean your room? My room? Like the whole room or just the corner? You're like, man, <laughs> you don't go clean that room. Like you know what I mean? Like, now I'm like the frustrated. clothes on the floor, just make the yeah. bed. <laughs> like, well, do you want my sister to clean <laughs> this part or like if you don't just listen? Like, so and true. so it's frustrating and that's, you know, so like I kind of get that, uh, you understand that part of it. But it, I think, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I do. I think we're looking for a cop out and for comfort because a lot of times when God tells us to do something, it goes away from our comfort. Mm -hmm. And then, and so we, we see comfort as God given. And so when we are comfortable, we think that's living in the blessing. Mm. God's provision, yeah. And so if anything tells us to come out of this blessing, but see, provision isn't what we think it is. Mm. But if anything tells us to come out of this blessing, then it's demonic to us. Mm. And so the issue is, is who's, this is where we talk, and I'm not going to get into it, but we talk about the importance of knowing stuff about heaven. Mm. It's because it's like, oh, you, you understand deeper, like what blessing, it, you know what I mean? Like it's not this moment. It's what you are, period. Yeah. Even on the street, living under a bridge, like this is what you you can still live in the blessing of God yeah. without having stuff, you know, and it's obedience and knowing where you're going, whatever. Anyways, mm. um, and I think a lot of times, too, is we limit obedience to what God told me mm. or what was prophesied to me 
what was said to me, what I thought, what I, but there's 66 books yeah. worth of God doing stuff, saying stuff, uh, making some very, very clear some stuff mm-hmm. and um, about who we're supposed to be in the area of justice. Uh, why are we praying about whether I should speak out against racism? Mm-hmm. Why is that something to pray about? Mm-hmm. Why, why, do I, why would I ever need to pray to, say, to, to even say that abortion is wrong? Why do I need to pray about that? Now, if I'm going to go and hijack something, and that, that's foolish, you know what I mean, and disrespectful. So you can do these things and, and be respectful, um, just, and not, not just a nasty person. But why do we need to do that? Why do we, why do we have to, quote, unquote, pray about those things mm. instead of just doing it? Why are we not fighting abortion? Why are we not adopting? That's the best way to fight abortion right now. Mm. Is, why, why, why do I, don't, don't I want to speak out against racism? It's because I have friends maybe that have had an abortion or I don't want to look like those Christians who are out holding signs and protesting or the people who are bombing abortion clinics or, you know, whatever the case is. Or I, or, and I don't want to upset those friends. Or I don't want people to think that I am this type of person or or I may have racist friends or family. And so I don't want to upset them. But it really always comes down to your comfort. And you just, like these are things that God is very clear, very clear about somebody. And I mean, I, I mentioned racism for obvious reasons of things that are going on right now in the world. But like these are this is something that is not new. This is something that biblically Jesus is dealing with constantly mm-hmm. he's talking with the walls of hostility i've made two become one and by two he means all of them like the gentiles are just from the nations is what that means it doesn't mean a certain group of people it doesn't mean sinner it just means from the nation so anybody from the other nations and then there's jewish people so two groups in, in the eyes of he's going from a jewish perspective so he's you know essentially literally talking to jewish people in a way i guess from that perspective in that culture so he's like two what they see is two i made one because they see us and everybody else. That's what, that's what they see the world. And I've made two one. I've not made two six or two, like I've made two one and they've come together. And there's all the, why, why is there an issue between these countries? It's, it's racism. They have race issues. So for us to think that you don't have to speak out against these things and let me pray about it. Let me see where the Lord leads me. You're, that, that's bull. You're just making excuses to fit your comfort and to continue yeah. on what you wanted to do. I think like one thing that we hear a lot in the church is that um, you don't speak out on these things or, or you don't do this because or I'm not going to do this and be obedient because I don't feel peace. Like that is our measure of God's voice is if does it feel peaceful to me? Do I feel like if I go out and do this, I'm going to be my mind is going to be at ease. I'm going to be at peace like that is a measuring stick for god for for god's um uh instruction for some reason right but jonah didn't feel peace when he was called to nineveh right none of them felt peace moses when he was to go cross Mm -hmm. that river what it's i mean (laughs) the sea like how you know i can't imagine any of them feeling peace at that moment but um i it takes me back to like i think about the lord's prayer and how jesus says instructs us to pray and it's like our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name hallowed <laughs> um thy kingdom your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven like this is just telling god i know who you are your kingdom is going to come in your will it's not asking god for his will to be done like it's just it's acknowledging that I, I want your will to be done here you know give us this day our daily bread and it's like it's not 
every day saying, God, would you give me a cheeseburger today at this time? God, would you give me, you know, a pizza at this time? This is all terrible food. Never mind. God, give me an apple give at me this a salad. time. <laughs> Can you give me a salad, hold the dressing <laughs> at this time? With croutons, bacon, <laughs> eggs, cheese. No, no iceberg lettuce, please, God, because I heard. But that. <laughs> the prayer was, give us this day our daily bread. And it's just, it is resting and knowing that God is our provider, you know, it is not in every moment saying, okay, God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. So I don't know. I don't know. I could have asking and praying for things a little bit misconstrued because I haven't obviously haven't done a deep, deep study on it. You actually have. Well, I mean, you're not praying for stuff for God's benefit. Mm. You're you're not praying. I'm I'm sorry. You're not praying for God's benefit. You're praying for your benefit. Mm. And so when you pray, it's about it's not it's about it it is focused on god but it's about correcting yourself and 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 uh shaping your own will to his and like mm-hmm. not my will but yours be done like this is jesus saying that mm-hmm. you know and like it so it's like you know that's what it really is about is like uh get, like give us our daily bread it's like yeah like provide for us definitely but everything that we need not just food, faith. I need peace today. I need hope today. Give me mercy. Give me forgiveness today. Mm-hmm. That's my daily bread because we can't, man doesn't live by bread alone. Right, so that's right. not all that we ask for, right. you know? And so we daily bread is so much deeper and wider than what we've made it about. Whoo, God, daily bread. Everybody say grace. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. However, like it just, <laughs> like all this stuff goes so much deeper than that. Because then you see in the Bible, you see people, Lazarus at the rich man's gate and he's, he's, He's starving. He's dying of hunger. God didn't give him his daily bread. Oh, yes, he did. Like, you, you know, and so like it, it's not about that. It's about him and me, me understanding and my faith getting to a point to saying that, oh, if I don't have it, then I did not need it. Not saying that, well, I need this and God didn't give it to me. No, no. It's you have to shift your perspective because you're seeing your needs based on what you think. He's seeing your needs based off of what he knows. Yeah. And so. If I don't have it, I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. If I don't have food today, uh, God, like really, and that's the point you got to get to is like knowing that God knows more than me. Oh, must have needed to fast today. Lord, what do you want me to like really get to that point? And why? It does go back to that. It's because I have an eternal perspective and I understand that heaven and, and, and eternity with him is going to be so luscious and prosperous and full of life and, and like just all this stuff. That I'm not going to intentionally starve myself here. I do not want to starve here. But even if I do not have food for today, like that's not all I need. I don't live by bread alone. So I, I have daily bread. I just don't have the daily bread that I thought mm-hmm. I, I needed or whatever. Yeah. So my stomach may rumble, but I still have eternal life in him. And so I, I can my stomach twist and turn and I, my organs can start shutting down, but I can still uh, rejoice in my in my suffering because I know that he's doing he's growing my my, my faith in him. And really, this reflects in all eternity when I'm together with him forever and ever in perfection and living in harmony and community, physical community with God himself. And so it's like, OK, you know, so when we ask when we're praying these things, we're not just asking for stuff. Yo, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. for. Uh, yeah, you do. That's not what it's saying. Mm-hmm. It's saying that God, I, it, it, you're talking about you, like give myself to you. It's not saying, all right, God, I give you permission to do your, no. Like, right. it's like, you're like, no, like I'm on your team. <laughs> you're identifying yourself as an ally and you're saying these it's things. It's a surrender. Like, yeah, it's a surrender. That's why Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. God is not like, God the Father is not like, 
whew, I thought I just. I, I needed to I hear gonna, that from you. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, not, it's not that. It's like you. It's a surrender thing. And there, there are power in your words in that sense of you overcoming this need for comfort and this need for, for excess and this need for, uh, and comfort not in just the needs of like, yeah, I got my new TV, which isn't a bad thing, you know, by, by any means, but not in that sense, but even comfort in knowing what comes next mm-hmm. or knowing what's going to happen or being in control of your life, but really surrendering all that to Jesus. And so, you know, it comes down to that. I don't know how we, we're supposed to be talking about praying for stuff. Where we at? <laughs> it's good. We it fell at? under. Did it? Anyways. I, I remember um, one time when, when we made this decision to move to Bolivia and a lady at, I don't know if I talked about this before, a lady at a church asked me how I was feeling about that decision. And obviously, we, Ramon and I had prayed about it for, for a long time, you know, uh, about what God wanted us to do. Do you want us to be missionaries? Do you want us to go to Bolivia? And, um, and she asked me, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I said, I'm a little bit scared. I'm afraid. And um, she told me that I lacked faith and that um, I was basically... I was wrong for fearing. Um, oh, you packed all your stuff up. You go over there. Then. Right. Let me see. I was show, just let me like, see. show me how. <laughs> show me how. Show me how to do it. Oh, God ain't called me. I was like, how am I wrong? I'm obedient, even in my my nervousness, my fear of the unknown. You know. Um, but I just, I think that's another thing that sometimes we don't we we fall into that trap of thinking it is not God's plan because I'm afraid of it. Like, yeah. and then it goes back to what I was talking about. Like, I don't feel peaceful about it. It's in, I don't know. I don't know when that became our um, confirmation that, that this is what God wants me to do. God, should I uh, open an orphanage? You know, yeah. I'm waiting and, on confirmation. Well, and that's know? a misnomer as well. It's like the idea that you faith or fear. I get what people are trying to say, but faith is not the absence of fear. By no means is it. Faith is uh, regardless of how present fear is, I'm going to do this anyway because mm-hmm. God told me to. Like, you know, if God says it, I'm going to do it regardless of, you know, Paul talks about beating my body and making it my slave. Like, <laughs> like fear, you feel fear in your body. Like, I, so I don't care what you feel. I'm not subject to body what you feel. I'm not subject to brain what you think. And so, I mean, obviously we use our brains, but I'm not subject to that. I'm subject to the word of God. Yeah. I'm not subject to my opinion or to my feelings. Or, and those are not my driving forces. Mm-hmm. My driving force is, G, is God and God alone. And so now when I have the Holy Spirit, which is leaning me and pushing me, whether it be missions or whether it be to give my house to someone and I don't know where I'm going to live or, you know, whatever, which these things that is what the Holy Spirit does. I am fearful of that because I don't know where I'm going to live or I'm fearful because God is sending me to cannibals somewhere or something like that. I'm fearful, but I'm going to do it anyway. The, the lack of fear in that sense would be would just be stupid. That's a that's a mechanism that God put inside of us not to live in fear, not to be conquered. But that's the problem. But to see something dangerous and to be, have that fight or flight, that's a natural response that, yeah. that it's a good thing. It's a survival instinct. And so obviously, you know, anyways, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, because you've got to be careful as well of finding the line of what, what then becomes reckless. Like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because like the... Uh, like knowing that God wants you to do something doesn't mean that you should just be reckless and jump straight in and think, well, God will use it anyway. And right, so I'm just going right. to yeah. do whatever. And, yeah. and then you just, yeah, you take a, take a wrecking ball to a China shop. And yep. you think, well, it's okay. You know, God will use this somehow. God's bigger um, than my mistakes. Like, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of the missionaries that went to um, 
somewhere in the jungle. It was recently, and he, yeah, he went to the, the virus or disease yeah, the, or something. The guy, well, they killed him, you know, and killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's admirable to die for your faith, but not when you don't need to. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't die for his faith though. He died for some, you know, for something else. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I pray about everything personally, mm. but there's a lot of things I don't necessarily feel here get a response for but equally through my praying about it a lot of times i'm like almost slapped with the reality of like man you know what to do yeah like you know what i mean yeah. and it's like we, need to, we do have to be careful because on the other side of that we can easily just start doing what we want to do and there's a there's a fine line there but like you know what to do like but it's like in a lot of churches if if a person comes and they're like man you know there is an orphan crisis in sudan right now and there are kids everywhere, and I'm building an orphanage. I just want everybody, if you can, as many people as possible, to give me $20. And, like, we have people legit, like, praying about it. Like, okay, that doesn't sound like a bad thing, but let me pray about giving us $20. And then it's like, I just didn't feel, I, you know, I just didn't feel led to give. I just didn't feel led to be, a, you, I, we're going to pray for them, though. You know, hey, stretch it, like, you know, whatever. And then as soon as service is over, hey, where are we going to eat? Like, Brazilian steakhouse. All right, 40 bucks. Bing. Like, mm-hmm. And so at that point, what is the priority of your life? What is the object of your lifestyle? And I think if the object of your lifestyle is that, now I'm not saying you can't have a $40, you know, whatever, a restaurant experience. By no means am I saying that. But I'm saying, like, there's something wrong if you have to pray about giving 20 bucks to help, you know, kids in war-torn country and ex-country, whatever, but you don't have to pray about... <laughs> Spending the forty dollars and you know what I mean in a yeah. restaurant, which shows you that you're kind of the kingdom of your, you're the king of your own kingdom. And so, I mean, this is a question I think we can ask ourselves on, on a lot of basic stuff. And I don't want this to be dangerous or whatever, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, somebody comes raising money for something, or somebody asks you to volunteer to help something. I'm not you know, pray about it if you want, but ask yourself why am I praying about it, mm. like. Because most of the time, it's you trying to get out of it. Are you trying to over-spiritualize? You're no, because you're too, coward, you're too much of a coward to say, I don't really want to do that. And so you want to make it about God being, you know, oh, God just didn't move me. God, uh, uh, but God moved, moved you to order six double cheeseburgers from McDonald's and eat them all in 10 minutes? Like, so uh, now you want to be spiritual and operate over here, like, when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to helping people. When it co- like, you don't see anywhere in the story of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan getting down on his knees or opening his Bible and being like, oh, God, I just don't really know. Even in an honest way of like, I don't, do you want me to help this guy? No. He sees him jacked up and he helps him. Because he knows who he is, he knows what he's here for, he knows what we're supposed to do. Yeah. So at that point, you don't really need further, it's like you said with God, you know, like, at the burning bush, like you don't need, <laughs> you don't need sixty more signs. You don't need me to tell you sixty more times when I've already told you mm. to love these people and to help these people or whatever, you know. And so I think for us, a lot of times as we look for these ways out of doing something, when will God be upset if I help build this orphanage in Sudan? Is God going to be ticked off at me that I gave the twenty bucks that I was going to use for lunch? My $40 lunch, mind you, so I can still, uh, for me, 20 bucks, I'm eating good. Like, I mean, for me, that's like, especially, anyways, after like, 
we live without like restaurant like you know solid solid restaurants and stuff like it can be great but anyways like taking half of that and giving it to an orphanage is god going to be angry at that mm-hmm. no no i think everybody would agree no would god be pleased at that yes every single time but what if what if what if they don't take that's on them mm-hmm. like and i get you can't give money to everybody well can you i mean <laughs> we say that you know but can't like well, says who like who says you can't? Yeah. You can't give all your money to everybody because you know you don't have money. But like, you can support causes. You can, you know, we sign up for Netflix. We have net. You have Netflix. Mm-hmm. We have Netflix. We pay monthly for that. We have Apple Music. Pay monthly for that. But then when it comes time to support, you know, Sammy, like I gotta go on a long prayer about this commitment and see if God wants me to join. So God wants you to join forces with Apple and God wants you to join Starbucks. forces with Netflix. And yeah, your Starbucks was like a membership thing you can pay or something every month or whatever you get. Like God wants you to Amazon prime. Like God wants you to join forces with those. You didn't even have to pray about that. That's how much, that's how convinced you are that God wants you to give what he's entrusted to you, to you to steward your money in that direction. But when it comes time to help some kids, widows and orphans in Bangladesh, like you don't now you got to see if that's God's will. Yeah. And so again, I, I don't. Even, I think we met, when we talk about these issues of what do I need to pray about? What I think, uh, I think a lot oh, every time. But I think a lot of times it's, we're just looking for excuses to not do stuff. There's some big decisions about direction and stuff that you just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like when we're we're kind of in a season of that right now. You like when I say season, right? <laughs> Christian jargon. But we're in a place of that right now, just like a lot of other leaders and pastors, because no one knows, like, are we doing masks still? Like, are we, you know, are we kids? What are we doing? Like, we don't know. And so we're praying about it, seeking, like, guidance. And God, like, okay, what do we do here? And whatever. But, like, we're not praying about should we have service on Sunday? You know what I mean? God, should we have praise and worship on Sunday? Like, why? Because they're no-brainers. You know what I mean? Just like most of the stuff that we that com- commit to praying about in our life. Like, there's stuff that are no-brainers. You ain't pray about if God wants you to go to church this morning. You didn't pray if God wants you to receive your paycheck this month. Like, you don't pray about that stuff. But, like, when it comes to you giving something that you love, it's, that's, it's always about giving. When we don't know about something, it's always about giving money. Like, giving money or possessions. That's, that's when we really got to pray about it. Like, other stuff, we're pretty much gung-ho all in, you know. Um, when I have to, yeah, about going into missions and stuff. Yeah, we should definitely pray about and seek God's will. Again, don't hear me say it's praying is not necessary. But we, we, we take that and hijack it and make it into like, I don't know, something like, just, again, looking for an out, you know. Yeah. And we've all done it, right? Oh, well, we've done it. I don't know if Simon's done it, <laughs> but we've done it. There's a culturally, there's like such an importance on knowing who you are, like, Discover who you really are, you know, find your identity. Um, and a person who doesn't is considered an insecure person, an undecisive person. Um, I think, like, if we as a church can really push that we find our identity in Christ, then I think that eliminates a whole lot of the should we do this, should we not do that, because you're already sure of who you are. You're identified by the, these principles, these morals. We love our enemies. We love our neighbors. We take care of widows and orphans. So all of those questions are not even debatable anymore because this is just fundamentally who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. I am I am a giver. I am a peacemaker. I am um, uh, I love you know. So so if there's a decision where you have to choose between loving someone or not showing love, 
there it's not a decision. You already know what to do because this is who I am, yeah. you know. So I think I think instead of all of that other know who you are, know if you're a singer, know if you're this, know if you're a number six in the Enneagram, or know if you're an introvert or extrovert, mm-hmm. um, know if you're a leader or, or you know a builder or a, a helper. Like those are not even relevant in the grand scheme of yeah. who. They're, they're helpful things for navigating where you are right now. Yeah. But those are not our identity because we talked about on Sunday, those can be taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a singer, something can happen to your voice and you're done. Mm-hmm. So now what? Now you're out of, you know what I mean? Like you can't serve because you can't sing it. No, like this is when it's a, when it's a trait of a character trait of who I am, I serve, I love. Yes, I will serve with my voice. I will love with my voice. Oh, you take my voice? I'm going to serve with my hands and feet, which I was doing that already anyways. You know, you can't take that. You got to kill me. See, that's the point it needs to be to. Like, to get me to stop building God's kingdom, you're going to have to kill me. Like, that's the only thing that's going to stop me. Make me blind. Uh, somebody's going to come read to me and, we, you know, something. We're going to figure it out, learn Braille, something. Take my legs, like, uh, roll me around. Like, you know, whatever. Like, there's always a... I'm I, that committed to his cause as a, you know, as opposed to That's our good. cause, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. Yeah. We pray about, I've, you know, I've done it. Like praying about giving the people and come up with the excuse, like to poor people in the street or whatever. Like, well, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Which, you know, it's true to an extent, but equally like you're called to give. It's, it's your job to give. It's their job to steward. Mm. You're trying to do both. And like essentially, in some cases, possibly is a supremacy issue there. Now you want to give the money and you want to tell, the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or just don't give it. Go, like, go buy a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he might use it for drugs. Oh, okay. Well, that's a, re- that's, a rational, <laughs> that's a rational line of thought for a lot of people, unfortunately. Okay, but go buy him a hamburger. You know, I, I mean, that's what, because what, what is the purpose? He needs to be helped? Okay, we'll get him help. You know. I don't know. We're the best at making excuses for being disobedient. Mm. Like, yeah. and as a father, that is one of the, I, like I can understand, and I never even put this together until just you're saying something about obedience and five times. Yeah, like about Moses having to be told five times. Like, I was like, oh man, we must be frustrated to God. Like, because it's frustrating, you know, when your kid's always, like bedtime. Oh, now everybody's thirsty. Everybody's thirsty. leg hurts. Oh, you got rashes all of a sudden. <laughs> Your tooth is coming out now. You, like, you've been up all day. You've been up all day. Oh, my hair itches. I need a shower. It's hot today. I'm I can't sweating. sleep I can't in a messy sleep. room. Yeah, laying so on top of six. So now they want to clean up their room. Yeah, laying on top of six it. toys. I can't sleep. Well, look at the, look, Of course you can't sleep. It's hot. You got a blanket on and it's 100 degrees outside. Like, you know, just uh, there's always something. And it's like any excuse to not be obedient. They're not just being disobedient, but they're making excuses to why they can't. Uh, follow through in their obedience and i think we, we do the exact same thing is we're being semi-obedient but then god is like oh i told you to go there and do something not just go there you yeah. know i mean that's that's exactly my my new favorite passage is uh, isaiah 58 or oh, yeah, isaiah 58 however you want to pronounce his name do you call him isaiah or isaiah 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 we call him isaiah isaiah yeah how's it spelled do you have it there i-s-a-i-a-h isaiah Isaiah, okay, I get it. AI can be I because there's a city called I as well, right? Yeah, fair enough. So for men in the UK, if are they called Isaiah? Yeah. No, okay. Okay. Fair point. Sense. England. Fair point. There we go. Just another difference there. Anyway, it's not, it's not the important part of the passage. <laughs> um, 
it's, God is talking to people who are, are in, rebelli- in rebellion and sin. Um, and I love so, like, just the way that he starts it, I think really speaks to A, this topic, but the, con- the culture of the church today and this whole, whole idea. He says, for day to day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they're a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of God. Uh, they ask me for, the, for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. They say, we have fasted and we have not seen God. Why have we humbled ourselves and he has not noticed? Mm. Um, and then he goes on a little bit later on to say, this is not the kind of fasting I've chosen for you to do. He says, the, the fasting I, I've commanded you to do is to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, mm. to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Mm-hmm. So it's this whole idea. It's, it's this group of people that they're seeing all the problems around them and their solution is, okay, we'll hold a day of fast. We'll hold a day of prayer. <laughs> we'll hold a day of this. We'll do that. Yeah. You know, and it seems like, I mean, that's what Spiritual. God says. Is they seem eager to know him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're doing what the, we might think is, oh, they're having a day of prayer. Before, oh, that's great. Oh, there's... There's a domestic abuse in the city. Oh, they're holding a day of prayer for that. Oh, that's great. You know, it seems good. But that's not the kind of command that God's given us to just hold that one day of Mm. prayer and then be like, okay, well, we've solved that. Mm. You know, oh, why isn't God answering us? It's like, well, God's already told us what to do. God's told us to go out um, and to fight injustice, to feed the hungry, Mm. to clothe the naked. Um, And I think goes on exactly what you're saying that like we see these problems around us and we want to find the easy way out mm-hmm. so instead we just look like we're solving the problem yeah. rather than actually going out to solve the problems mm-hmm. we're content with looking like we're solving the problems yeah. it would be like you asking your your kids to clean their room and they go in and they start planning to clean their room you go oh we could put the clothes there or i could do this and you could do that and then you go in five hours later and they've mm-hmm. still not cleaned anything no yeah when i was a kid my mom would send me to my room to to clean it and i would say okay i remember this clearly because it's so silly i would say okay god you know i'm talking to god now this is prayer time (laughs) you know all right god i want to take a nap (laughs) and i'm gonna need you to clean my room for me because i just know that you're a god who hears my prayers right (laughs) i will wake up from my nap i'm like i want to give Spanked because I do what my mom asked me to do. Now, God, why didn't you even hear my prayer? I was so frustrated. Like, God, you don't exist. <laughs> that is not mustard seed faith. Well, I. You thought it was. To be fair, I no one in my family were believers. I don't know where I got that idea to even ask God for <laughs> for something because we weren't we weren't uh, Christians. So, but I just heard that if you, if you, <laughs> I just heard that if you ask God anything in His name, you know that He will provide for you. He will supply yeah. your needs, yeah. <laughs> and that was a need of mine, and He didn't. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, for me, like it, it just comes down. To God is so clear on certain topics mm-hmm. that He's told us what to do, um, and so we don't need to hold all these these days of fasting or days of prayer when god's already told us what to do he's already given yeah. us that command like mm. we're we're sit we're sat here thinking oh let's just wait for god to tell us to fight injustice he's, <laughs> he's already told us to fight injustice yeah. so we I'm, don't need to be told again to fight injustice he's already told us yeah they, and, and from genesis to revelation he's told us like you know what i mean like this is not like some obscure passage that you got to really like and maybe i mean like he's <laughs> this is like with the whole like this he's, yeah. he's talking about this constantly mm. and like and we don't want to do it but because there are some people who are comfortable in our churches and they may be uncomfortable 
And we've built our church on being liked. And there's nothing wrong with being liked. Good. We should love one another or whatever, but we've built it on. And so we've become slaves to what people do and don't want to hear. So at that point now, when we can't speak out against injustices because we're concerned about what other people think, that gets into the itching ears conversation. So we can prophesy and scream all we want to or whatever, but unfortunately, and you can speak in all the tongues and whatever you want to, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but my point is, is you can do all that in the... That's what uh, Paul writes. It's like, if you do all that and you have not love, you're nothing but a clanging symbol. And love defends as well, obviously. Um, love defends the vulnerable and the, the hurt and the broken and busted up. And, and so, I mean, I think if that is the aim of the church is to bring restoration to the broken, like we talk about Red Root stuff, um, and we're talking about full restoration. We're not just talking about giving you some, you know, uh, some chicken here or there. We're talking about, yes, we give you that, but equally like sharing the gospel with people. And building people up. But if we can't defend these people who are being preyed upon by the system, regardless, whether they're unborn babies or whether they are, uh, whether it's a police brutality, whether it's abused women, right? Whether it's, it doesn't really matter what it is, drug addicts in some cities and homelessness, whatever, we are called to um, not just cute love, but to stand up and defend these people. Yeah. And uh, when we can't do that, when we cannot, will not speak up to defend these people, we have a real problem. We have a real problem. We can pray about it all we want. We have a real problem. And the problem is we have idols. Um, and the idol is our, our own comfort and our own. Because no one wants to be the prophetic guy standing up on the hill, like, you know, speaking out against something that you know that 60%, 80% of your friends are dealing with or that they don't agree with you on. And so now oh, I'm just praying about it. I just don't feel led to speak on it. Mm, I don't know who's leading you then. Yeah. Maybe then that's what our, our prayer focus should be. It's like, God, reveal to me your heart for this matter. Uh, reveal to me your, not reveal, it's in his word so you can open it up, right? But, well, but God also can give us his heart for certain absolutely. things. Absolutely. Because maybe we don't I really believe. care so importantly about certain well, things. And that's the problem though. Is I think God has given us his heart on these things. Yeah. And we've allowed that to become hard because we followed other gods and replaced him in that mm. place. And so idolatry, you can't serve two masters, man. Mm. You can think you, you, you can convince yourself that you are, mm. but you can't serve two masters. Like, and so you're serving ma- manipulated versions of God, which are not gods at all. Mm. I mean, they're gods, they're just not our God. And so that gets us off track. And when we are afraid of, when we're, I'm not afraid to speak in tongues and prophesy. Okay, great, good for you. But hey, uh, you know, there's a guy that there's an injustice that's been happening in our city, and this is his family has been taken advantage of by this blah blah blah. I just don't, you know. And there's some people in your church like, well, they just need to lift themselves up by their bootstraps. And instead of being like, no, 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 that's not where we stand. I just don't feel led. Or when people are just like being killed by like when anything, it can be the Klan, it can be police or whoever. They're killing people of color, and you're like, I don't feel. I don't feel led to talk about that. Well, first, let's pray that they stop killing each other. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's all, yeah, it's always like some, you know, some yeah. red heron tactic to get. Oh, look at that! You know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. You know what I mean? But it's you know we we're far away. But yes. I'm I, I'm with you. I think a lot of these things, if the Bible says it already, we probably don't need to uh, have a national day of prayer about it. Mm. Um, we need to have some national years of obedience. Mm. That's what we, we ain't had that yet. 
Um, that's the revival, right? That we've all been waiting no, for. No, well, see, that's a, you know, <laughs> see, we're going long. So you don't want me to start on that either. Uh, because if you want revival, they, you are a revival. Is what Jesus did in your life not enough? It's not the transfer, it's the transformational power of the gospel and its implications for your life to motivate you to do everything that he was, he's talking about in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So what, is, what do you think James is talking about? The law of love and faith without works is dead. Well, I'm serving as a, nope, not talking about that. I baked, nope, he's not, maybe. But he's talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. So it's based on the law of love. He's talking about loving your neighbors, widows, orphans. He's, this is what he's talking about. Visiting people in prison. Yeah, writing, uh, supporting missionaries or brothers and sisters in, you know, uh, China who are imprisoned and all this. Yes, all that, like all that. Like this is what he's talking about. So, you know, we... We try to, we just hijack all this stuff and make it about something else. And it's just frustrating. But yeah, there are other things that are not so clear and about timing. I, we should pray about timing mm. and, and man, like be honest in our prayer. That's what we're lacking. It's like, God, search my heart. Do I not want to speak out on this mm. because I'm going to lose people? Like, cause equally, you know, like, I don't care about losing people. You should care. These are people that got entrusted in your care. You should care. But at the same time, like if these people don't want to listen to truth in a loving way, right? The truth in love, then we maybe they, they're in the wrong place. Because I'm willing to give up everything to follow Jesus. Like that's what we say. But God's like, yeah, I want you to speak on racism. Let me just pray about it, God. I just, I just feel led to speak on faith this Sunday. I just don't, you know, I just don't feel led to. I, you know, it's political. I don't feel, it's not political. It's biblical. Mm. Like sin is not, see, you can't, you, you can't politicize sin because you can change all, all the presidents and all the leaders and kings and all this that you want to, but, and these sins are still sins. All the laws you can change and it's still sin. Like, so don't allow, it's, we're just, we're so off in grabbing anything else except for what we're, we've been told to do. It's like, I talked about this last year. It's like, um, if you tell your kid, uh, cleaning the room is the example we've been using, so we'll say that. Like, hey, Jalen, clean your room. And you come home, the dog's been walked, the you know, sidewalk's been cleaned out, the grass has been cut. Oh, awesome. Good man, you went over, above and beyond. And you go in the house and our room is still dirty. Like, yo, good that you did all this stuff, but you, you haven't even done what I told you to do. You still haven't, your room is still dirty. So even though you did all this stuff, you're still disobedient. Like you're still living in disobedience. So that's an issue. That's a problem. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, and that's the thing is we can do so many things for God and we can still be living in disobedience. And so I think that's where, unfortunately, uh, a lot of Christians fall today. You know, we do a lot of good stuff, but fighting for the widow, fighting for the orphan, the abandoned and the desolate, but my dream boat, I'm saving up for Simon. How can I do that? You know? And so I don't know, man, it's a it's a sticky and um, I don't know. It's not very sticky, honestly. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think it just goes hand in hand. In and dis- when you make a decision, it's do, pray and do. It's both. Yeah. It's absolutely. not one or the other. Absolutely. You know? It's both. It's, it's both all the time, mm-hmm. like all the time. And like, you know, because like, it's, it, it's, and it's my last thing I'll say on that. But it's like you were saying, it's like we have. There's nothing wrong with prayer night or whatever, night of prayer. It's good, actually. Good stuff. Good stuff. But how many years have you been having a day of prayer and God hasn't moved you to act on anything that you pray about yet? 
And you can pray as authoritative as you want, but God has actually given you authority to a certain extent to be able to make the change here. And then he's empowered you with his Holy Spirit. He's given you the truth in his gospel to go out and make a difference yourself. But we're too busy having church services, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't, I really, I don't fully get it. I don't, and I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons of why we don't do stuff. And I, I don't know, but it's a, something we need to check ourselves on. So, yeah. Anyways, I don't know if we talked to, I kind of talked about the topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today. you did. We did. I was going to say me. <laughs> <laughs> I talk more because you guys don't talk a lot. Simon's been on a roll the past couple of weeks, though. He's been That's talking. Right. Talking Simon. Using up my daily word count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go into silence for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. like, why isn't Simon talking? Doesn't have any words left. <laughs> Use them on the podcast. That's funny. I remember um, what you mentioned about when we were presented with the opportunity to adopt Jolie. And like it wasn't on our radar at the time, at the moment. You know, like you said, we were pregnant. And um, I don't know that the question or a prayer was ever, should we do this? I feel like just trying to remember back to where we, where my headspace was or hormones, it was, it was more of a prayer of help, help us God, <laughs> because yeah. this is too big for us to handle. Yeah. But it wasn't like, God, what should we do? Uh, should we adopt her? Should we not? It was like, okay, we're going to do this and we feel crazy and we know it's crazy, but help us. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy time, but mm-hmm. learned a lot about obeying God and stuff in that time. Yeah. It's a good, good, I don't know, you grow because of it, you know what I mean? And I think that's the thing, too, is understanding that God is doing something inside of you and don't fall back into the same thing. Because if it happened today, yep, we're going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, it's not yeah. a conversation to be had. Yeah. So. Been there, done that easier this time. <laughs> yeah. And definitely pray. We're going to pray about it, but we, like, we know the answer. You know what I mean? We're yeah. going to just pray for guidance and to do the right thing and favor and this and help and whatever, you know, but I don't know. Anyways, you got anything else to add? No. We've been long. We're almost like an hour and I, I think actually it's been like an hour and 10 minutes or something. So, yeah. You good? Anything yep. else? Nope. All right. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I look at the camera now when I say this for some reason because it's like... Not, most people listen anyway, so mm-hmm. I just want to look at that. Um, don't watch and they listen, just listen. But anyways, um, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you're watching, if you're both, actually, if you're listening to this and you like this, subscribe and you can get the rest of the podcast. Uh, I don't know how to say that. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. We upload other stuff. Haven't been making videos lately because my camera's broken. So... Yeah, anyways, I don't know about that. But we'll make other videos about uh, the food stuff. We got to do that this week uh, mm. as well. So, yeah, let me know when you have some time to eat some delicious and possibly not so delicious food. Um, yeah, anyways, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. And provecho.